Our text for this afternoon comes to us also from Luke 5, from the portion that we read. And I'd like to read together just three verses, verses 12 to 14, which focus specifically on the healing of the leper. And there we read God's word. And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. Brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in this morning's sermon, we talked about the fact that there are challenging times in our lives, that there are difficult situations that that sometimes cause us to struggle to see God's presence, times that, that we struggle sometimes to see his plan for our lives. And whatever these scenarios might be, they are difficult, they are challenging, and sometimes they cause us to question God. Sometimes they cause us to have questions. And I think, in many respects, the leper that we encounter in our passage from today is is a man who would have been able to relate to that. Surely, he is a man that would have had some questions for God. Why me, God? Why this? You have to imagine that as the leprosy ate away at his flesh, surely he would have struggled to see God's plan for his life. And yet we know that God does have a plan. God has a plan for you and me. And God had a plan for this leper. Even though the leper didn't realize it, God was going to use his life to bring about a message of comfort and a message of hope. And that message I've summarized this afternoon simply as the fact that Jesus makes the unclean clean. And we'll see three points in this regard. We'll see the leper's need. We'll see Jesus' healing touch. And finally, we'll look at the gospel message. Now, it's clear as we begin to look at this account of the leper, it's clear that the news about the ministry of Jesus Christ, that it has begun to spread. The authority with which he taught his ability to perform miracles, it's clear that that has begun to make waves in the surrounding area, to make waves in the surrounding countryside. And you can read about that throughout Luke 4 and Luke 5. You can say that there is this growing buzz, there's a growing excitement about the ministry of Jesus Christ. And it's actually in the midst of this excitement that we encounter the leper. But we're not told a lot about him. Luke doesn't give us his particular name. Luke doesn't tell us about the specific location of the miracle. He simply tells us that the man came before Jesus and that he was filled with leprosy. Now, leprosy, that is a bit of an unfamiliar term to us, really. 
Because to us today, leprosy is a, is a very curable, it's a very treatable disease. And so in order to understand what this account is really about, we have to try and understand what leprosy meant to this man. What did it mean to this leper? And to grasp that, we need to understand that, that during biblical times, leprosy was actually a very broad term. It covered a wide variety of infectious skin diseases. In fact, if, if you have time later, you can read about this in Leviticus 13. Leviticus 13 not only describes all of these various infectious diseases, but it also identifies how you can tell that someone is a leper. Because regardless of the specific form that it presented itself, it's clear that, that leprosy was a serious, serious issue. Back then, it, it had no cure it was very contagious, and so drastic steps had to be taken with someone who was discovered to be a leper. And the closing words of Leviticus 13 describe that. It says there, in verse 45 and 46, it says, The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, let his hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of his face, and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. It's hard to imagine the severity of such a sentence. I mean, not only are you living with the physical affliction of this disease and the pain and discomfort, but you're also torn from your loved ones. You're taken from your home, and you are an outcast. You have to live alone outside the city, outside the camp. And yet to be, to be a leper carried still another significant meaning. And that's because during biblical times, leprosy was often seen as being synonymous, as being equal with sin. Leprosy was seen as a divine punishment from God on account of sin. And so this concept meant that society viewed a leper not just as unclean on the outside, but as unclean on the inside as well. The implications both physically and socially of being a leper were amazing. They were, they were so devastating. You were the scum of society. You were the lowest of the low, an outcast. You know, being a leper, this man should not even have been allowed to be among the people. And yet we're told that he comes before Jesus. He throws himself to the ground and he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It's a remarkable response. And there's three things that, that really stand out about it. The, the first is that he falls before Jesus in an act of worship. And then secondly, we see that he calls him Lord. Now it's true, the title Lord can actually have a broad range of meanings, sometimes things as simple almost as, as Sir. But the use of this title in connection with his act of falling to the ground shows that this leper had, had a deep reverence, a deep respect for the person of Jesus Christ. And then finally, we notice that the leper, he does not ask to be healed but he asks to be made clean. 
And that last point is actually significant. It's not a slip-up. It's not a typo in the Gospel of Luke. No, Luke was a very educated man. He was well-versed in the Greek language. Luke knew that there were verbs for to heal. And yet he makes clear that the leper's request is to be made clean. So why is that? Well, ultimately, the leper recognized that his problem involved a lot more than just his physical affliction. He wanted to be made clean both inside and out. He desired to be restored. He wanted to be returned to the community of God. And so he comes before Jesus. And he shows that he hasn't just heard about the ministry of Jesus Christ. No, he has confidence that Jesus can grant his request. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And that's a wonderful point for us to reflect on today. Because as we come before God with our prayers, with our petitions, with our requests, we also should strive to express the confidence that this leper shows. Because the truth is, we are all lepers in the sight of God. Do we not all come before him with lives that are are covered with filth, stain? Do we not all come before him with hearts that are infected with sin? We should recognize this afternoon that like the leper, we as well have a desperate need for the healing touch of Jesus Christ. And that's what we'll look at in our second point. It's important to see that for the leper, his request involves more than just confidence in Jesus' ability. Because we see that his greater and his more pressing question is actually whether Jesus is willing. And in Jesus' response, we actually get an incredibly powerful and a moving picture of just who our Savior is. Verse 13 tells us that Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. He said, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Now in this account, it's easy to just kind of glance over the manner of the healing And that's kind of a danger that happens when when we read a passage that we're very familiar with. It's very easy to kind of gloss over the words without actually picking up on the details. But the details are important. We read that Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. And in this we really get a picture of Jesus Christ in his human nature. You see, Jesus is not indifferent. He's not aloof. Or unconcerned about the man's need? No, instead, as the parallel account of Mark tells us, Jesus is filled with compassion. And so he reaches out and he touches the man. Jesus was well aware that there were Levitical laws that forbade contact with a leper. 
And yet he was not afraid to do this. It's not as if he had to. It's not as if the only way in which Jesus could possibly heal this man required the use of his hands. Jesus could simply have spoken a word and it would have been done. And yet, in his reaction, in the manner of the healing, we get a picture of Jesus Christ who is, as one who has, who has care for us, who has compassion, as one who's willing to reach out. And that's good for us to reflect on too as we sometimes face the challenges of life. As we can sometimes be overwhelmed with grief or hurt, as, as we're weighed down sometimes with guilt. Here we have a picture of our Savior as one who actually is, is ready to pick us up. He's ready to carry us along. It's a powerful picture of just who Jesus Christ is. And yet before we move on, we should probably also ask ourselves, well, what what is the application for us here? What, what is this passage saying to us today? And I think certainly we have to agree that there is a call here for us to consider how we deal with the lepers of our society. As we grow up in different areas, there's no doubt that we run across people from all walks of life. We run across people of, of different races. We run across people of different ethnicities, uh, people of different education levels and different income levels. And as we travel the road of life, we, we also come across those who are from the proverbial highways and the byways. The way that they dress, the way that they act, the places they live, sometimes the fact that they simply don't have a place to live, it, it, it makes it pretty easy for us to, to judge them as the lepers of our society. And rather than show the compassion of Jesus Christ, I can confess that in my own life there have been times that, that I've actually been kind of disgusted, a little bit repulsed, that I, I draw back from them. And I don't think I'm alone in that regard. But the problem that we have with judging people to be lepers it also runs deeper than just the broader society. Because I think we have to confess that even in the body of Christ, there are times that we have those who are treated like outcasts. Even here among the church of God, there are times that we treat people like lepers. And no, it's probably not on account of a, a physical condition. Often it has to do with sins, sometimes public sins. Think about it for a minute. Think about how we sometimes talk about or we treat those who have struggled with drug or, or alcohol abuse. Think about how we can talk about or treat those who've maybe committed a, a more public sin, who've been caught in the act of adultery, who perhaps have had a child out of wedlock, think about how we sometimes talk about them. And in the light of our passage today, we do need to ask ourselves, are we showing the compassion of Jesus Christ? 
Do we love as he loved? Are we, are we ourselves, are we willing to associate with lepers? Are we willing to roll our sleeves up, to actually get our hands dirty? Or are we a little bit afraid, perhaps just a bit afraid, that we might become unclean? Well, we can thank God that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, He is not afraid. No, He reaches out and He touches this man and immediately the leprosy left him. You see, the leper's confidence in Jesus Christ was not misplaced. And in his healing, we're provided with this rich and powerful picture of Jesus Christ. Because yes, on the one hand, we're provided with a picture of Jesus Christ in his human nature. As one who has genuine care and compassion and who relates to our hurts and our cares. But on the other hand, we're also provided with a picture of Jesus Christ in his divine nature. As one who has the power and the authority over all things. As one who is not just willing, but who is able to heal and to make clean. And we see in closing that this entire account is ultimately used to drive home the gospel message. Because at first glance, it seems to us like like the story is over. I mean, the leper has come before Jesus. He's full of leprosy. And and he's begged Jesus to have compassion on him. And Jesus has. He's shown mercy. And he's been made clean. The man has been healed. But in the closing verse of our text, we see that this account is about a lot more than just the healing of a leper. Verse 14 tells us that Jesus ordered him Don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Now it's true that this is actually quite a difficult verse, but I'd like to draw your attention to three aspects this afternoon. In the first place, we have this command to silence. Why is that? Well, here we see that Jesus wanted the focus to be on his teaching ministry. You see, Jesus was not some itinerant preacher who was wandering Galilee just sporadically healing people. No, Jesus was fulfilling his mandate as set out by God the Father. Jesus was bringing about the restoration of mankind. He was showing people about their need for a Savior, their need for one who could truly make them clean. And yes, his miracles, they proved his authority over the forces of this world, but they were not the reason for which he was sent. And Jesus himself says this earlier in Luke 4, when he's talking with a group that's kind of begging him just to stay with them a little bit longer. But instead, Jesus says to them, I must present the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. Because that is why I was sent. Jesus wanted the focus to be on his message. A message of salvation. And yet it seemed that there were times when his authority and his ability to heal, 
that that almost overshadowed his message. And so Jesus exhorts the leper to be silent. But we see that he also commands him in the second place to go and and to do these sacrifices that Moses commanded. Again, we might ask, well, why is that? Well, here too, Jesus is showing that he is not a renegade preacher. He's not someone that that is out to undermine the Old Testament laws. At this point in his ministry, Jesus had not yet become the fulfillment of the law. And so he recognized that these rituals and these sacrifices were a necessary part of this man being restored to the people of God. And so he commands him to go and to perform these. And finally, we see that all of this, the entire account is being used as a testimony or as a proof to them. But to who? Who are the the them that Jesus is referring to? Well, this is an issue which has divided scholarship. There are many commentators that argue that Jesus here is referring to the crowds, to the people of verse 15. Many others argue that Jesus is in fact referring to the priests, to the priesthood, to the religious elite. And when we look at the Gospel of Luke and, and also at the structure of the ministry of Jesus Christ... It seems that there is a stronger argument to be made for the latter. Jesus wants the priesthood. He wants them specifically to be a witness to this miracle. And we need to consider the fact that during those times, the healing of a leper was a rare, if not an almost unheard of event. And so when this leper comes before the priesthood, and he tells them about his, ha- his healing at the hands of Jesus Christ, well, you can bet that this is a topic that would have made news. This is something that they would have talked about. The priests and the, and the priesthood and the religious elite, they would have wanted to know more. They would have wanted to know what happened, how did it happen. But ultimately, they would have wanted to know who is this Jesus And it's clear from the next account in Luke that they come to find out. For in that passage, in the healing of the paralytic, Luke introduces us to Pharisees and to teachers of the law for the very first time. And he does so with the following words. He said, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, they were sitting there. The religious elite were gathering from far and wide to witness for themselves this great prophet and teacher. They wanted to sit under his teaching. They wanted to see his miracles. They wanted to discover who he is. And as they gather before him, Jesus uses this opportunity to drive home the gospel message. He uses this opportunity to show them that this paralytic's greatest need is not to be forgiven of his sins. Or sorry. He shows them that this opportunity, that that the paralytic's greatest need is not to walk again. But his greatest need is to be forgiven of his sins. And in the healing of this leper, and in the healing of the paralytic, Jesus shows that he himself is the one 
who's able to heal. He himself is the one who is able to make clean. He is the one who is able to forgive sins. And so this week, as we go from here, we also need to to take up our calling and to use opportunities where possible to point people to the question, who is Jesus Christ? And as we do so, we need to pray that God will bless us with the wisdom and the grace to answer that question for them. Because we do have a calling to be like Christ, to follow him, to follow his example. I think of the words of Philippians 2, where it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one spirit and one mind. Let us strive to be like Christ. Let us reach out both within and outside of our church communities. Let's reach out to the hurting, the lost, the widow, the orphan, the prisoner, people like this leper. Let us be willing to roll our sleeves up to get our hands dirty and to jump into a broken world. But as we do so, let's not forget to continually remind both ourselves and others of what is our greatest need. Because the hurts and the brokenness of this life, they are just symptoms and effects of a disease known as sin. And the only cure to that disease, the only cure, is through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the one who is both willing and able to make us clean. Amen.